0: Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Komen sitting in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge here in the heart of the Empire with my co host the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times, and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet.
1: Hey, man. Welcome, Manny. The Clempire, which is what, what, one square block, basically? Well, yeah, yeah, this
0: is the heart. The heart of the Clempire <laughs> yeah. is one square block, but, you know, it, it, uh, it branches out into, into other areas of the city, and who knows uh, how far the Clempire's the tentacles will eventually reach.
1: Well, if you ask me, if you just walk down the Clempire, this first block, it's it's crumbling. <laughs>
0: it's <Klempire laughs> well, no, is that's crumbling. that's New Orleans. That's yeah, well. uh, the Clempire may be the the most together part. When we say the Clempire, we mean the we mean the uh, the Dave Clements Empire.
1: Dave, yes, yes, Dave. yes. You're uh, and,
0: and and here we are, Snake and Jakes. It was your uh, your campaign headquarters yes. uh, for the past the past uh, run.
1: Yes. Maybe before
0: that? Uh, well,
1: it was uh, the, uh, just this last November, and it was uh, four years ago, even though um, the Circle Bar was open, but uh, we felt more comfortable here having it. Right. The return watch party. Right, right. You know, um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, the fires happened. I thought I would see, he told me he was going to stop in and yeah, say hi. Yeah, I'm
0: sure he'll stop in and yeah, make an appearance at some point here. So yeah. I, you know, last night I was out scouting locations. I was uh, driving all around. Uh, I came here first and, uh, you know, the, the bartender was like, eh, I don't know, man, I don't know. Who, won? I mean, no, 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 it wasn't won. Uh, was, uh, but uh, I said, well, you know. We'll see. And, and then another guy here knew me and knew Dave. He's like, yeah, it's going to be fine. I figured it would. Anyway, so went driving around a few other spots and then came back here at the end. Dave was here and he's like, look, man, whatever you all want. You can turn all the music off, do whatever you want. So
1: Yeah, I mean, we went from last week's show to the most dangerous neighborhood and <laughs> uh, to be into <laughs> a dump. Well, <laughs> basically, you know, to a dump, so but, it's uh, okay, you know, it's okay, I, I've lived in worse places, you know Sure, sure, well this, this
0: feels uh, more comfortable, uh, last week, you know, we had a, it was a lot of rigmarole, a lot of uh, frenzied activity It was a big wait to, to, to get seated, and I uh, figured, you know, they would have had us back at the at the uh, the Peter and Paul Hotel uh, there at the Elysian Bar But I uh, figured, eh, you know, this is this is more our speed, you know
1: well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I yeah, that place was okay. I, I mean, I don't know. We had to wait forever. Right, It just right. wasn't. I mean, it was our guest. Uh, it was her thing that she wanted to do. Right, and,
0: right. And and you know, and, they would have had us back this week, but it was uh, the the prices are, are a little a little pricey, a little on the steep I, I, side. I don't remember and, and that, and, uh, but I mean,
1: she ju- she joined some church. She said she was joining the church, so she's basically dead to me. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, anyway, but she was kind.
0: She yeah, was yeah, good, yeah. It's uh, a it's a yeah. fun episode. If anybody hasn't heard that, heard that. Uh, Yeah, you should uh, go back just one week before it's uh, really kind of goes off the rails. It's uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but uh, so how's how's your week going, Manny?
1: I'm I'm fine. I'm you know I'm doing what I do. Uh, uh, I'm back you know back on campus, and uh, the big thing happening on campus uh, this uh, next month is that uh, it's been canceled for two years in a row, uh, and they're trying to do it. you know, trying to do this, they're having the the New Orleans first annual book festival.
0: Okay, I've which I have that. nothing
1: to do with. It's all about it's two lanes doing it. The but campus. Y- you are a
0: book guy, though. Yeah,
1: no, no, but I have nothing to do okay, with it because gotcha. these are books with uh, local authors, big okay. time authors, Southern authors, uh, author authors, and. Um, They're having this thing, supposedly the week after Mardi Gras, and it's a big event. It's canceled two years in a row Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, and they're trying to pull it off, and um, we'll see what happens. That's the only thing that's going on for my uh, work-wise, but what I wanted to talk about, I don't know if I got a chance to talk about this last week. Uh, I didn't we didn't get to talk about much. <laughs> no, no, it was just, hard
0: to get a word in there. Everything wise.
1: as you said everything just kept pivoting and pivoting and pivoting <laughs> and pivoting. Yeah, towards yeah. a different subjects. Right. Um, and but I wanted to talk about cuz I saw on the news like 3 weeks ago that another kid fell in a well. Hmm, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, another kid fell and I thought to myself you know, these well stories have been going on for like 200 years now. Kids are constantly fall, falling in wells. It's always kids. Right. It's never an adult, you know, or never a cow. Maybe maybe a cow or a chicken or a horse. I don't know. Just
0: don't make the news. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. but it's like, again, three weeks ago, another kid fell in a well. And I thought to myself, haven't we seen enough of these stories to like get the technology or the safety pr- protocols to stop kids from falling in wells? You would think. You would think, but this happened like in Texas again, and also in the country of Morocco. Hmm. Another kid fell in a well, and I'm thinking to myself, enough. And who who needs wells? <laughs> Apparently, people need wells still.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I think a lot of these wells are uh, abandoned wells. You know, they're they're there. They they kind of. It's not the kind that you think of, like like when you when you uh, when you when I picture a well, I picture something that has maybe like a two and a half foot. Three foot rim around it, right, you know, yeah, made a of cobblestone right? A little, a little, bell, little, and a rope, right? A rope with the bell, yeah, yeah, yeah. or a rope with the bucket.
1: A rope with a bucket. bucket
0: into the well, right? And the crank that you crank the but well. I, <laughs> I don't think the, the wells that they're talking about are necessarily like that. It's, sometimes it's just like a hole that a pipe used to go into. I remember when that, that baby Jessica, I think, she fell in the well. And right. uh, the the well was only like a pipe that was about 18 inches in diameter. Right, and she was like
1: crushed lodged in, there. in there. She right. was like a, a fetus in a pre- nine month baby. A right. So a lot of stomach. these
0: wells are just, there's nothing around them. They just maybe have a manhole covered. Cover over them in the in the ground, and the the cover gets uh, moved.
1: There's got to be some safety for wells. Hey, buddy, it's my buddy right here. Yeah, he's there, there. Uh, yeah. yeah. he is. the man <laughs> of the hour, <laughs> Dave. He's uh, making an appearance here. Dave. You picked the we we, we just called this. We called this. Uh, what, <laughs> the, 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 I said
0: this is the heart of the here. The Klimpire <laughs> right climpire, here. Yeah, the basis of and it's the crumbling walls. as we speak. Right.
1: Crumbling. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. We're yeah, for a yeah. beverage. Uh, You've got my vote, Dave. <laughs> We've already got around to
0: beverages right now, Dave. Yeah. Thank you. You're, you're such right. a fantastic host. You know, it's, I, I'm not surprised that we're here. I'm just surprised that it took us this long to make it right. here. Right.
2: There you go. It
0: feels feels I'm right. i I'm still here. And yes, you're still here. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. Matt,
1: so, yeah, the, the wells came up again. I just thought to myself, there's got to be. You know, when's this going to end? The wells. All right, all right. Well, maybe you <laughs> know
0: we can. Uh, you know, you, know. You, you need a a, a good campaign uh, a yeah, platform yeah. to run for next time. So I maybe will, it can be the closing the wells. closing
1: the wells. Right, yes. right, right That's, that's right. a good campaign slogan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you know, things are going okay. I, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm trying to be healthy again. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> again, I'm trying to be healthy again. You know, it doesn't. So I'm getting all these health exams. Uh huh. You know, I didn't go to my doc, our doctor, our doctor. Yes, yeah, so you haven't gone to because I, th- I wanted the throat. I wanted the heart. I wanted like. Hmm, I think you he know, does all that,
0: huh? Or he's he just does sending you that. to specialists. Yeah, okay. I want
1: to go to specialists. You know, the cold, You know, all that. Doctor Vinnie Boomba. Uh, yeah. Or, well, that, yeah. Uh, but I I, 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 thought to myself, okay. I went to the uh, the proctologist. Okay. You know, because I had to want to get that checked out, and I thought to myself, you know, um, you go to this guy, you go to the this proctologist, and you know you're going to get that exam. Mm-hmm. But what you don't you don't want it to be painful, but at the same time you don't want to enjoy it. <laughs> sure,
0: sure, it's a razor's edge there. Right.
1: So. <laughs> I canceled that appointment.
0: Okay, you weren't sure yeah, that you were going to be able I, yeah, to- yeah,
1: I, I wasn't <laughs> sure. You know, because.
0: <laughs> Better safe than sorry.
1: Well, yeah, I, you know, that's just the way I feel about it. Sure, you know? sure. Anyway, uh, other than that, uh, you know, uh, we're getting on Mardi Gras here. The first big weekend of parades is starting to roll. Uh, they rolled last weekend they had the Crew de Vue last weekend, which is something that right, right, is very much for the locals down here. Yeah. I, I didn't know if it was a big success or not. I don't know. It,
0: it was a, I I actually played uh, for the party for the crew itself the night before in their den, the crew de voo den. There with a uh, former guest, a uh, couple of former guests, uh, John Papa and Russ Brusar. Now, where
1: and is their den? When you say it's, their it, den,
0: it's right down in the the, the, the dye water. There, it's uh, on Royal Street, uh-huh. Royal and Agriculture. Did you and, see
1: uh, Dave Turgeon there?
0: I, I I no no I didn't see uh. Dave. I would have seen him too because I mean people were mulling around. No, he, they did have the 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 Queen of the Parade was there and. Uh, I don't was know that if you Big saw Freedia? this. No, no, no. The 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 queen was uh, uh, Dr. Avino. She's the oh, public yes, health director yes. who she she was at the the party beforehand, but she did not ride in the parade because she Her agent
1: s- said not to do that.
0: Well, yes, but also uh, you know, she, she has been in charge of making uh, COVID policy, yeah. masks on, masks off, and all of that. And she's gotten so many death threats that she <laughs> thought oh God, that, that uh, it wouldn't be safe and it would be bad for the rest of the parade to the kind of security that she would need if well, she actually wrote. So that's what things have come to. You know, here's this doctor, you know, trying to, trying to help people, and she's getting death threats so that she's afraid to go out in public.
1: Crazy. Well, I'm afraid to go out in public Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: not from the death threats Just just from well, You, you know, never the, know, man yeah, Well, yeah well, I got a-
1: some neighbors who just stare at me Sure,
0: sure Well, you that's know. that's been going on for a while Well, yeah. you know Manny, I have a thing that I noticed the other day, and and you know we always sometimes God will come up in this this podcast, and and you always say, well, you know if, if where are the miracles?
1: Yeah, where are the miracles? And, and, yeah, and, and and I you read this book and there's tons of miracles in them, but yeah, right, no right. Miracles. So
0: I I, I off, my response is often, uh, you know, well the age of miracles has passed,
1: uh-huh. but in
0: fact, uh, you know I. Just recently, I, I've I've got this carton of milk in my uh, refrigerator, uh-huh. and it's a full week past its use-by date, and it's been <laughs> open the whole time, and it's uh-huh. still fresh. It's amazing. It's I'm, I'm ready to call uh, the fucking Vatican, man, and get this thing certified. Is that a generic certified. brand of
1: milk, or is it one of the it, it, it's, brands it's, that it, say no GB2 and all that kind of H2O? No, or. no.
0: I, I like the Rouse's brand. I like this, the Rouse's milk. It's... Uh, it's okay, so well, uh, so just regular rouse. So yeah, you know,
1: so what do you? Are you a cereal eater? Are you you know you put it in your coffee or are you coffee?
0: You? Uh, you know, my son will use it in a smoothie. I do eat cereal, not every day, but uh, but on occasion. Oh.
3: So crazy, man. No, I'm, I'm just.
0: Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't
1: call that a miracle. I, well, I, would I don't just, know. You know I, I would call that lucky. You're just lucky. But okay. what
3: if it? What if it had been a miracle? And it, and these are the miracles that just go unnoticed. Yeah, well, know, that's what I'm saying. Know, uh, yeah, you, you know, know, I mean, if uh, you wrote it in a book a and, yeah.
0: and you know made a big enough deal about it. In, so you know, how many in days past the expiration
1: date did, was fresh. that when you poured this milk into your coffee? Well, I'm still using it,
0: it. I'm still using it today. And so today is what the 16th or something. So now we're now we're
1: 17th, no, yeah, 16th, I think. Okay, so we're now we're nine days past the use by. No, it's seventeenth. We're seventeen. Ten days past the use by Well, day. Yeah, you're buying the generic Rouses brand, and they shoot it up, man. They shoot it up with stuff. So. I don't
0: know. Well, I always get that brand, and usually it it, it goes bad. You know, by because this time. Because that's because your
1: son or daughter's walking down in the middle of the night, opening it up, going
0: drinking straight out. Yeah, straight yeah, out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. This felt
3: well, like an I'm unusual I'm occurrence for, for me. You, you
0: yeah, know? yeah. It's, I'm I don't happy know. I just just had you. to tell the nation that uh, you
3: know and your
1: the, milk milk didn't curdle. M- miracle do happen but
3: would you really be able to see a miracle it's sort of like uh, the topic of ghosts and being haunted if I if there were ghosts in my house haunting it I wouldn't be able to I would sit there and assume that it wasn't therefore I wouldn't even notice that it was you know I would just assume that it was raccoons or right right something well, running around say so like your milk you're drinking it happily not realizing that it's blessed milk
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know what the answer <laughs> is, but uh but yes, these these things they they do uh they they can be missed, you know. They always talk about the the still small voice of God, oh, you know, works like some
3: mysterious way. Right,
0: right, right, right. Well, uh See what else do we have going on? So uh, (laughs) I've I've been doing some uh, some remote recording. uh, I
1: saw. I didn't. I wanted to bring mm, this up. I saw that you did a gig a few weeks ago. Your band did a gig at Chicky Wawa.
0: The Iguanas, yes, played played a full house gig at uh, Chicky Wawa. And I noticed that you
1: started at eight o'clock. Yeah, is that because your audience needs to be in bed by ten? Well, uh, you know,
0: it's that's kind of a, a new development in in the the era of COVID. We've had these earlier gigs, and I love them, and the audience loves them. And we talked about this a few podcasts back, but uh, but yeah, I, I have no desire to to go back to 11:30 starts. I don't think there's anything to be gained. But you're by a that. rocker,
1: dude. You gotta be up late, man. Rocking I, I, the nation. I, I,
0: I can rock at eight o'clock, you know, just like uh, just like I can at ten or midnight, and and you know, if you. Uh, if, if you rock it from, you know, 8 to 10.30 or 8 to 11, then you have those a few hours left where everybody doesn't have to have to uh, scurry away and you can actually enjoy some of your evening, you know, bask in the glory of the of a job well done and, you know, commune with your with with the uh, with the patrons and the, the fans. So I, I like the early gigs and uh so, but but I've been doing some some remote recording. I, I did a session a few weeks ago, and the artist went back to his hometown. And you know, we've talked about and uh, killed
1: himself. Well, not no. yet, <laughs> not yet. Uh, he seems to be
0: hanging in there. But he uh,
1: recorded, and then heard the playback and said, "No, I got to." No, no, he's.
0: Was- <laughs> 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 he seems to be very satisfied with the, the work we did and, uh, and, and his, uh, the way his music's turning out. But, uh, but I've been doing a few uh, uh, things, recording at my home and, and sending these files away. So it's, that's uh, a, a nice development That's that people have gotten in the habit of, so that's, that's been occupying part of my time during the day. The other thing I've been doing is kind of going back over some uh, different services I use, like, uh, you know, the cable service, uh, pricing different options, also uh, insurance, you know, we just went through this big hurricane thing. You still getting cable? I was still getting cable. Oh, I just God, recently canceled dude. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the do last you have a person.
1: Do <laughs> The last person. To, last
0: person. We do have a landline, oh, God. actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> as well as uh as well as uh, uh, uh you know, cell There's something lines.
1: I want to talk to you about, Renee. It's called the wheel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have you have you heard of it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. Yeah.
0: I'm, 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 I'm uh, scheduled to
1: uh, to yeah, yeah, get one get re- next week. We so got anyway, rid of our landline like 10 years ago. Man. Right.
0: Well, you know, my wife works from home. She likes to have a, a line that's not going to break up on her when she's making uh, work calls. Drug and deals. Sure that too. Right. Um, anyway, so we still have all that, but uh, I had occasion to to uh, to get new insurance quotes, so I, oh, I needed like wow. the declaration pages from. What kind uh, of insurance, car, home, a couple of properties, and a few cars. Okay. So, so I needed to uh, to submit the declarations pages to the to a the new insurance agent so we could shop the policies. It wasn't so,
1: Jake from State Farm. Wasn't was it? Jake? No, no, no. Okay. Um, but, so well, I don't understand why did Jake go from being white to black? Uh, they. Yeah, that happened. Uh, they have Jake a few different State, Jakes, you know. Uh, yeah, Jake you know. went from white to black. Okay. I, I don't it's know. Not someone the
0: same guy though. It's a different. No, Jake.
1: No, no, yeah, that's <laughs> it's not the same guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, sure.
1: You know, have, but they, yeah, it happened, man. I don't know. Someone told. I asked someone about it. And they said that uh, white Jake got woke. Oh really whatever okay. that means. I don't know what woke means. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're,
0: we're trying to steer clear of all that.
1: It's but, so, it sounds like something anal to me. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, anyway I don't think but go ahead to. so you're getting quotes right
0: right so so I needed these declarations pages and I was starting to go through my my papers and hunt all this up and I said, wait a second. Why don't I just call up the 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 state farm agent, that's who's my current carrier, yeah. and tell them to email to me tell <laughs> me to no, no, first tell them to email me copies of all my declarations pages. Yeah. Which I knew would Kind of, uh, you know, send up a flag don't do with shit. them. Yeah,
1: they don't want to do shit. These people.
0: Well, but I, I but I enjoyed the, the the sense of having them do that. I, I actually thought of it in the sense of like having someone dig their own grave. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah, I like that. You have to because provide, you're switching companies. Yeah, Is yeah. yeah provide me with oh, all okay. the information
0: I need to yeah, to yeah. to uh, turn into the new company who right. can then replace you with this information. So.
1: Well, you know. Me and my wife, we had an insurance agent uh, who every once a year, she'd invite us to a crawfish boil. Uh huh. A crawfish boil, way out the fuck somewhere in the in Metairie, Kenner kind of stuff. And and that's all she ever did for us. <laughs> she didn't do shit besides. Right. It. Well, that's all they
0: can do. They can be nice to you know. Yeah. If, if you're having a problem with the adjuster, yeah. the agent well, she, isn't going to do anything. Well, for
1: after you. Ida, can. she retired. She was like, "Fuck it, I'm done." Right. You know. Right. But sure. we got some good news. Uh, we're getting a brand new roof, uh, okay. and we're getting uh, these trees that I've been wanting to get rid of for uh, uh, these palm trees. Been wanting to get rid of them for about. Six, six, seven years. They're dead and,
0: uh, now, right? Those palm trees. No, no.
1: Those we got rid of those right oh, okay. after that pine tree fell on our house. Right. We got rid of those, but we had these palm, these like palmettos that just spread like crazy. They just sure. Spread. Yeah. And it's right on the border between my, uh, our house and our neighbor's house, and I'm like, let's get rid of these. I, and they're they're kind of hanging over our new addition, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff like that. So we got we got this like amazing deal through the government. And they gave us like uh, $35,000 to do all this work on our house. And we don't have to pay it back for like three years.
0: Oh, okay. Very and good.
1: And it's like at like a 1.1 1. 1 interest rate. Okay. So it's going to be like a $100 note. Nice. So right. yeah, we got all this money and I'm going to, we got, got $35,000 and I'm going to use most of it on the house. And some of it on the family, because uh, we need a lot of help okay yeah. therapy perhaps? I don't know therapy or maybe just a uh, 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 a disappearance of some sort okay, <laughs> you know something like you know a disappearing for a while. what happened to the manny's family and Manny? What happened oh, okay. to that? Okay, going on the lamb. You know, yeah, going on the lamb kind of thing. We'll see what happens. All right. But listen, let's get our guest yes. involved here because yes. uh, he's been here chuckling like crazy and he's been, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, 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 well, let me
0: let me introduce the guest. So uh, he's a guy I've known for a long time, uh, worked with a lot. He's a terrific recording engineer, record producer, musician. Uh, he he was a managing engineer at studio in the country, uh, famed studio in the country for uh, over ten years. Uh, also uh, an attorney at law, so he's uh, quite talented. And we'll get into all that. But without further ado, the great Mister Ben
3: Malfrey. Uh, hello, Renee. Welcome, Ben. Manny. Oh, oh, thank you very much. You. Are you from here? I am. Yes. Oh yeah. Born at Hotel du.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. really? Right on. My, my uh,
0: grandmother was a nurse at Hotel ah, du for okay. many years. Probably when you were were born there. Actually. So I was
3: born in the most recent uh, version of it, which what became, I believe, it was most recently what LSU or Charity uh, the the. Because it had gone through d- several buildings. My whole my oh. grandfather was born at Hotel Du which was on Tulane and right. Uh, I remember. Yeah, around well, you- Tulane and Carrollton, I think. My well, father is
1: that, Where's the hotel Notel Is that in the same area Yeah no that's, that's different <laughs> <laughs> Oh okay No, it's like a, They yeah, were like,
0: born In an actual hotel lane and Okay yeah Actual There was
3: an old building That was hotel due Until about 1972 And right. then I was born In 73 At the uh, oh, One okay. about a you're, couple blocks From the uh, Superdome
0: Way younger than Ten years younger Than me and Manny
1: okay. Yeah <laughs> you're a young guy Oh so of course so you're, born into, you're <laughs> born into the music, here, right? Yeah, Are your parents musical. Or uh, my mother
3: actually, uh, who was not from here, she was from Maryland, but she, her family is very musical. My grandfather was a piano player. She she plays piano by ear. She's really a wonderful musician. Always made us sing as kids, and and you know, Beatles records were played around the house, and just music was a big part of my uh, my growing up. But I just you know uh started Playing music when I was probably twelve, I guess, sort of in earnest, and it was just always kind of part of my and life. You and went and you went to school,
1: know. and you learned music at school. Uh,
3: I did music. take violin at Mildred Osborne Elementary in New Orleans East. Oh, uh, I remember. Her. For a what of years. what high school did you go to? <laughs> I went to Jesuit. Oh,
1: okay, uh, all yeah, right. Yeah, so that's uh, near
3: the hotel, right? That Jesuit? was near the, ho- the yeah. old hotel, do you? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I grew up in New Orleans East uh, until I was about ten, I guess. So... You know, we didn't leave the East back then. It was it was like Metairie essentially. It was, uh, you yeah, know,
0: right. You had the, the, the plaza in Lake Forest. plaza. It was a great
3: mall the, with an yeah. ice skating rink. Ice skating and, rink. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Did you do a lot of ice skating there at the plaza?
3: <laughs> I never got skating down at all. Yeah, uh, me you know, We Go to Skate Country also. I, I never could uh, roller skate. No. Roller skate or ice skate. I've, okay. I've have never been able to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't tried in thirty years, but yeah. We,
0: my, when my kids were a little bit younger <laughs> than they are now, we would we would still go skating at uh, Skate Country. That's, right, that's, right, could right. be fun.
3: But the plaza, yeah, the the east, all of my family lived out there. You know, there were restaurants and and all the you know the grocery stores and schools, and sure, it was a yeah. whole vibrant community. And uh, now there's just crack houses. It's, and, it's strange. Uh, it's it's, it's yeah, it goes through periods of almost becoming revived and uh,
0: Right, then a hurricane comes through And yeah, everything right, gets flooded right. again But
3: Deanies yeah, yeah, right. survives uh, Deenie's on Hain has been there since I was a child Dini's And you and and still yeah, go yeah, there yeah. And
1: yeah. <laughs> So you graduate from Jesuit Right, yes And you weren't raped or anything like that <laughs>
3: <laughs> No, but I, I, I do
0: have Got a, lucky, huh? <laughs>
1: Well, did not like Renee. He wanted them someone uh, to like, be I was, aggressive. I was looking
0: for I could attention. Yeah, he was looking for attention. I'm a friendly guy, but yeah. at that time at Jesuit, actually, they did have a criminal janitor who who uh, not everyone was as lucky as well, you.
3: Well, let's see. There there was only there was one uh, doctor and a nurse who was dismissed, uh, and and that was sort of was a it a male nurse? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and they had that janitor too. The or
0: only that guy other was in
3: the uh, newspaper I, a bunch of times. Well, what I I want to know now, and and, and not to embarrass the school, <laughs> but I think they've done enough, <laughs> yeah, done yeah, well so enough with really, that yeah. themselves. Is it? I want to know. Is is the mandatory all-nude showering uh, in, in the prison-style showers uh, what, still policy? What is that about? And, and if it's not policy, I want to know when it changed and, and why. Why. <laughs> why was it ever policy? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's like who, me and my boys, like. Yeah. shamedly walking nude. <laughs> yeah, <I'd, laughs> supervised. I, I never
0: took a shower in junior high school. No. Or, you know when, when I got to Ben Franklin, they didn't have a
3: shower.
1: We and, barely had, uh, you know, and bathrooms.
3: I, the towels were also, you know, the size of that notebook. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there was remember, the, the yeah. priests
3: were buying them. You know, yeah.
0: No, yeah,
1: I fortunately for me, like in middle school, junior high, I lived three blocks away. So I was like, I'm not showering here. And where was, was this? Uh, back in, in Los Angeles. Uh, so I'm from oh, Los okay. Angeles. Oh, all right. Yeah. In the west side of LA. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I, my, uh, I went from elementary school, which was perfect. It was like storybook elementary school. You know, we were like, all these kids were great. We were mixed and all that and stuff. To a brutal junior high. Just a brutal junior high. Fights
3: every day. Oh, fights, gangs. Stabbings.
0: Was know,
1: there
3: mandatory...
1: New channel. No, there wasn't even... No, no, no. There was nothing mandatory there. The, the only thing mandatory was getting out alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even that was optional. Yeah, that was, you know, yeah. You because know. <laughs> this, this was in the mid-70s <laughs> in Los Angeles when busing started. Uh, it was like, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, and then the high school I was supposed to go to was like, my parents like, you're not going to that high school. There's no fucking way you'll yeah. survive that high school.
0: Right, well, you know, a lot of the problems with busing like you're talking about is... Is uh, all these different groups that are in conflict with each other right, getting yeah. put in one school? Yeah, so well, that was
1: the whole thing. Right. Someone came up with this great idea about you know integrating and all that, which I think is great and stuff like that. But you got to do it slowly. You got to do it slow. You just can't say, okay, these kids from East L.A. And these kids from South Central LA are going to go to this Upper West Side junior high.
0: Well, you can't have two different gangs yeah, that want to yeah. kill each other right. all sitting in in the same and, uh, and math all, class together. And you
1: got all these all these prim white people who are like, you know, white kids who are like, Mom, they're coming home and saying, Mom and Dad. There's different colored people here. I don't understand. You know, <laughs> yeah, that kind of... So, it was rough. But, yeah, go ahead with your stuff. Well,
0: so I wanted to ask you, um, so what was your primary instrument? As well, a-
3: <clears throat> so when I was 15, I start, I was in a band called Clones at Play, and we would just call the clubs around here, Jimmy's, uh, you know, Jimmy and Summers place down, sure. the, down the street here. And uh, there was a Muddy Waters... Uh, Um, the Howlin' Wolf and you could play in these clubs at Age 15 Right Oh cool And our drummer was 12 and, wow. uh <laughs> And so we were and So from 15 to 21 I played in this little band um, Around town And what and kind of
1: music was it? It
3: was uh, It started out as sort of uh, You know Progressive rock It was called at the time You know REM inspired stuff And, then, oh, and okay. then Gradually got into a funky Sort of thing Which you know The Chili Peppers were big at the time And yeah. so and, and you were we, playing what? I was playing guitar Okay Yeah And so um, Our singer Scott Durbin Went on to do The Imagination Movers Oh yeah I know Scott You know Scott Yeah And it was that sort of Similar vibe Sort of up you know, not for kids, but it was uh, very high energy, uh, a very high-energy kind of beat, yeah. happy music uh, for happy yeah, people. Kinda, sure, know. sure, sure. Shiny happy uh, it, it people. It wasn't anything that, that
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we had shiny uh, happy people get the back of the bus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. <No.
3: laughs> so, but you know, I think now 15-year-olds, you know, playing at a, at Jimmy's down there, and it's just you know crazy to me. I, I look at my my nieces and nephews and think, hey, you know, they, these guys could never.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> die in the clubs, right?
0: You know, so. you know, I was at Guitar Center today. <laughs> And they have a uh, they have a, a, a display, and it's a picture of like probably a 12, 13 year old playing guitar, you know, and, yeah. and kind of a, a, a <laughs> it's it's like for some kind of you know. School of Rock type thing, and it said music changes lives, <laughs> and I was just picturing like flash forward, you know, another 13 years, this kid is like passed out with a needle in his arm, right? Uh, yeah,
1: somewhere o- <laughs> o- occupational hazard. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> music
0: changes lives. Yeah, those was, was, uh, those.
3: But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, so that's how it started. So and, and is that
0: how you got into, I was going to ask, what was your training in, 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 in recording? How did you, you become an engineer from being in a band?
3: From Jesuit, I knew Greg Troyer, and he opened a studio called Side One Studios, and he did some pretty decent stuff there, you know, the Neville Brothers and whatever was going on in New Orleans around 1990. Uh-huh. And... Um, I guess 1992 or three. And so we began recording over there. I got to be good friends with him. And then uh, just sort of naturally started working for him and uh, you know, to learn engineering so that I could keep recording my bands and the, the musical projects I was doing. And then I got more interested in engineering than playing in bands anymore. And, and so then I met some guys at Side One uh, Chris Finney and George Ordolano, They were opening a studio on Magazine Street Called Magazine Sound Recording And that again, you know We did some pretty decent sessions there You know, the Wild Magnolias and, uh, nice. and Squirrel Let Zippers had recorded uh, some stuff there And I did some stuff for Anders there And this is about, you know, 1997 or so but um, Mike Napolitano was a was a mentor. He was a little older than us, and he was sort of uh, sort of bringing us into the real world of recording and introducing us to the guys at Kingsway and and or I should say the ladies at Kingsway. It was it was Trina Shoemaker who was really instrumental. And in, this and is all
1: during the eighties. This
3: is nineties. Okay, uh, now this n- is ninety seven yeah. or so. Okay, uh, she had. Uh, been an engineer who had gone on to you know great success. Um, right, right. She Trina, was, yeah.
0: With uh, with uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow her was her big thing, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And so uh, she was also around, and she had told me that she went to this recording school out in Los Angeles. And I was always nervous because I hadn't really learned engineering correctly. I, I felt like I needed to get proper training at some sort of school. So, I had graduated from Tulane already uh, in 95. I had been to college, but music was always my thing. In, and in what, what was your degree It I was think. English.
0: Okay.
1: So, yeah. Well, you can speak English. Well, so, this that's was that's back so in the that's day that's when
3: you, you know, for me,
1: there was how no choice. How young are you? I'm 48. Oh, okay. Um, All right. So. <laughs> it's like you went from high school to <laughs> Tulane in 1995. Yeah, 95,
3: okay. I graduated in Tulane. Uh, okay. And, and so, 91, I graduated Jesuit. And so, we had, so I got in with these guys who had Magazine Sound, met Trina. And Mike and these these real engineers, and Trina had sort of told me about the school she had gone to in LA. And so I, I decided I should go to LA, go to the school, and then come back to New Orleans. And Karen Brady, who was uh, managing Kingsway at the time, said, Man, if you go do that, you come here, you'll have a job at Kingsway.
0: Nice. We love Karen
3: Brady.
1: Now, yeah. where where in LA? What's this? This place?
3: was called the Los Angeles Recording Workshop. It's now called the Los Angeles Recording School. And well, it where was, it, loaded, it yeah. was on Lancashire. Okay, in North oh, so Hollywood. it's in the valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in
1: the valley. Okay.
3: So I go out to this school, and the plan was nine months. Program and come back do the Kingsway thing, but while I was in school, Kingsway closes down.
1: Oh, and so I
3: had gotten a job as a runner at a place called O. Henry Studios, and the funny thing about this job, this was a real high-end studio. It was Eric Clapton, Elton John. That's on
1: Burbank. This was, yes, it was on Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where that Uh, is. Sure.
3: And it was one of these places that was by the book, perfect. They when they hired me, they said. We fire people all the time. You probably will either want to quit or we'll <laughs> fire you because we want stuff done a certain way. Like the phones needed to be cleaned, every phone in the place. The, the you were a janitor as well as did whatever assisting for the engineers that needed to happen. Uh-huh. So it was um it was great training and I really learned how a studio is run correctly, you know, at this place O Henry. But the funny thing was um they told me months after I had been working there... Um, the they weren't going
1: to pay you. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> it, it
3: was actually a $6 an hour, I think. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's pretty getting, good
1: for them. Yeah,
3: them for getting good. food. Yeah. yeah so um, anyway, um, I'm uh, working there for a couple months, and they then tell me, you know, the only reason that we actually called you for the interview, because you know, you didn't really have anything uh, on your resume that impressed us, but we saw that you had gone to UNO. Uh, I had briefly, and I forgot to say that I did start a program in urban studies which was city planning essentially. Okay. But it was called, or it was named Urban Studies in uh-huh. the 70s. Uh-huh. So they said, We saw that you had taken some courses in urban studies and saw that you were from New Orleans, and we just thought you were black. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was the only reason why we, you got this interview. This was, this was someone who, a co worker who was. Uh-huh. Not the person who hired me, but told me Right, right so, oh my god <laughs> So uh, I sort of, uh, luckily Was, uh, you know, assumed Because <laughs> Ben Montfrey Sounds like a black Montfrey, guy, right? Ben Montfrey from yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Studying yeah, urban kinda studies <laughs> so, It kind of does, yeah So that was what got me in the door Was the UNO <laughs> Okay, alright, whatever it takes, man Whatever it takes
0: well, but, so
1: so so you so work like, there. How so, so, is, so it's uh, almost like guess who's coming to dinner, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway,
3: I luckily got that job, um, and so it was a real high end place. But I, I needed to work in a rock studio, so while I was working at O'Henry in the background, I'm looking through my CDs and I'm looking at all the studios there that did the records that I actually liked, and so I just cold sent resumes out to all those studios. And uh, I got a call back at, from Sound City. Um, the famed Sound City. The famed City. Sound City, who they later made a movie about you know, right. a couple of years ago. And um, so they, I remember Siobhan, the manager, says to me, Well, you're working at O. Henry. We're the opposite of O'Henry. <laughs> okay. And so, and it was, you know, a very. Did you ever go to Sound City? No, no no? no, no. So it was, um, as they say in the movie, you know, it's kind of a rundown, uh, very vibey place with a lot of, you know, kind of a um, scratchy but killer sounding old gear, you know, a neat yeah. console that had never been moved and or cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> or cleaned. <laughs> but, you know, it was. Um, you know one of the greatest rooms out there and just sort of a a place where artists could do whatever they want you know mm-hmm. smoke in there just blow smoke all over the place and yeah. you know light candles and party you know so um but you know, it was serious records being done there. You know, Nirvana's Nevermind and Rage Against the Machines first record, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, and you know, after the go, uh, Richard Fox's Gold
1: Rush. live album was was mastered there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So where uh, are you living? You're living in the so valley. I was
3: living uh, at that time. I had moved to Hollywood to uh, Franklin and Whitley. Oh, okay. Um, so
1: you're in Hollywood, and you're going over the over the hills yeah, to go to yeah. work. Um, oh, that Franklin. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Franklin and North Whitley. That's um, not bad
1: so uh yeah
3: i would go to sound city and and so sound city i start as a runner again trying to get in the rooms but again didn't really have a lot of true experience on an la level you know right Mm uh so one day i'm in there and an engineer named rick will who has since passed away but a great guy sorry um he has a session for an artist named bt and it was a mix session, and just no engineer had been scheduled. Oh, okay. And so okay. I'm there as the runner, and so he's all kind of pissed off, and he says, well, you know, you're here. You come in. You'll be my assistant today. And so then he just really liked me and saw that I really cared, and really wanted to get in there and, and, and learn the stuff. So right. kind of just to get at the studio, he started requesting me as his assistant. Well, that's cool. So that kind of bumped me up right into the room. That's how you break in.
1: Yeah, that's how you do it. At the same
3: time, the assistant who trained me wanted to go back to being a runner because he didn't like the pressure of the assistant gig, which really was, you know, brutal. You know, you show up at 10 a.m. and you don't leave till 4 a.m. And you're expected to be there, you know, 10 a.m. the next day. And it's just a brutal gig. And you're very, you know... Oftentimes, it's uh, the acts want to kind of uh, you know, uh, haze you, if you will, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the senior engineers, so they're the, the first is, engineers. Is
0: that where you learned your your, that's your your bedside manner uh, that in the studio? That's
3: yeah, I would say that Sound City was where I really got in the room and really was. Getting in there And learning So when things. you
1: say BT Was that code For like You know Oh he was some
3: Electronic artist That I, I never uh, I never looked into uh, Bootsy career. Collins Or something <laughs> No know. no no That uh, was his name If you look uh, him up That's a very uh, Tony
1: Orlando some,
3: and Don 2000's era Maybe he's still around Even uh, okay uh, I think he was mm-hmm. an Electronic kind of thing uh, okay. Dance techno
1: Cause you know Jack okay. Nicholson uh, When he used to uh, Go He see his doctor When he had like Some kind of sexual Transmitted disease 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 he would go under the name king vider
3: no this was not
1: because a buddy of mine used to work at this medical office in beverly hills and jack nicholson was a patient no no and when king vider came they knew it was jack (laughs) and they gave him a shot of b12 and some uh you know penicillin Penicillin. Penicillin. (laughs) sulfa drugs yeah uh,
3: that kind of stuff this was just an artist but anyway so So, it was a combination of Rick kind of uh, liking me and and requesting me to be his assistant and this other guy saying, you know, I want to go back to being a runner, which got me in the room. Who would want to go back to being a runner? uh, It (laughs) was crazy, I know. Because
1: I worked in the movie business and I was a runner for like two years. I guess
3: if you really don't want the pressure and being a runner is no pressure, essentially. So, uh, anyway... um, but then, you know, the sessions were good. It was Ben Harper's live... Uh, uh, ben Harper Records and uh, 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 Becca Bramlett. Uh, these these good artists that... I, again, it was mostly with Rick first. Then I became just the second engineer. And there were two rooms at Sound City, an A room and a B room. And so I was cruising right along doing all the B room sessions. The other guy would do the A room sessions. and Occasionally, I would do an A room session um And uh, Anyway Long story short The B room shuts down uh, Because the gear was owned by an engineer named Sylvia Massey And she takes her gear Out of the B room And I'm sort of On staff still But No gigs The A room was booked with like Slipknot Or a metal band for six months or something the manager just says, well, just hang tight, you know, and uh, we're, we'll get another console in there soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this was right around 9-11. I remember when 9-11 happened in this period where, you know, uh, I'm kind of waiting for work to happen. And <clears throat> luckily, another runner at the studio walks out one day, says, you know, uh, I, I, I can't take this gig, screw this, leaves on in the middle of a run. And Manager calls me up, says, "Hey, would you come do some running gigs? We'll we'll pay you your same ten dollars an hour that we're paying you to assist if you can fill in for some running gigs." I am like, "Great, you know, absolutely." So I run, you know, do a couple days running. While I am doing that, one day Frank Black rolls into the parking lot, and uh, he was in the band the Pixies. At the time, he was at a band called Frank Black and the Catholics. Right. And so he comes in looking for a place where he can set up his own mobile recording studio to test out all this stuff that he's been collecting, see if it's possible for him to make a record with his own gear. There happens to be this empty room at Sound City... I happen to be bringing food in, and the manager says, "Hey Ben, this is Charles, is what he goes by. Uh, Would you show Charles ab room? You know, it's like he's got some gear. He wants to, you know, maybe set up. Maybe you can help him." And so I'm like, "Great! You know, this guy is an idol of mine at the time. Okay. You know, oh, cool! Uh, Frank Black." And so uh, he, he's a you know gracious, nice guy. We go into the room. I basically make sure to do whatever I can to, you know, help him and so we set up his gear. We hit it off. I end up eventually leaving Sound City with him to do several records for him, nice. eventually go on tour with the Pixies when they re- reunite. Mm-hmm. And so forth. So, I don't know, where do I stop? So, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's such <laughs> that's a great weird. story, man. So, you know, again, right place, right time, yeah.
1: right amount of energy. Yeah, the uh, right
3: people not wanting to do jobs that, that I was willing to do. Right, right. <laughs> so, so For $10 uh, an hour,
1: that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. you know, so. back then that was money. Yeah, yeah that you was know, this cake. is 2000, I guess we're yeah, talking, that's 2001. So. Anyway, minimum so. wage was 245 I <laughs> think, back then. <laughs>
0: To, so I was up from 2.30, 2.35. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly. But, so so that starts a whole run of, of uh, records with, with
3: Frank Black. Right, right. So I end up doing probably, f- uh, well, th- I guess about five records with him. And that's all out in L.A.? That's or? all out in L.A. Um, in, at various places. So then the Pixies get back together uh, while, um, let's see, in a, I guess this was around 2004, and um, I start touring with well i had started touring with frank black's band because i had sort of become one of his just buds you know helping him record hanging out when they go on tour he's like come on you gotta come with us you know i'm like sure. okay well, what do i do you know well can you do monitors i'm like i guess what's that you know it's like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fast learner <laughs> so uh so i'm doing monitors never having done them before for the first time you know on tour with frank black and his and band. y'all are playing big and, uh, uh, yeah big rooms, it was big theaters. clubs and the- theaters and clubs with frank black and the catholics uh then a couple i guess about a uh, two years into that life making records touring with frank black pixies get back together I start touring with them, do a little bit of recording with them, um, and that becomes just a, a big, huge affair that goes, you know... To to It started out, you know, uh, the band and me and another guy doing small venues, building up to this big reunion tour. Then it just, you know, exploded into this big, uh, you know, cu- couple of semis and, you know, this huge cruise. And then uh, after a while... I uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was wonderful stuff, and I traveled, you know, to Iceland, to Japan, and South America, Europe, you know, all over the place, all over America. Th- this was between 2003, uh, 2004, and t- till 2006, uh, right? I basically stopped um, in after a tour of Japan in 05. It was right after Katrina. I had developed really kind of debilitating ulcerative colitis, and it was really hard to... The food there?
4: (laughs) No, (laughs) No, just... I think
3: the touring lifestyle really... uh, Ground you down? Yeah, it was was difficult on my gut. (laughs) Yeah. um, Anyway, I just kind of didn't want to keep touring forever. It had been five years, and I really got into the business to try and, you know, make as many great records as i could not be a sound guy live you know so um so i stopped touring with them um in 2006 now katrina had hit while i was on tour with them and i couldn't fly back home so we were in europe and i basically was kind of just in a place where no one really cared about Katrina. You know, everyone's, it's on, it's in the papers in, in London and they're, oh, look at this, you know. Huh, right. It must suck to be there, you know, so, and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, the tour is about to end. It re- I think it ended, the you know, a couple days after Katrina hit. So I'm trying to figure out where am I going to go because I couldn't fly home. I was now living in New Orleans again. I had moved back to New Orleans right before Katrina. While I was on tour, I had kind of shifted from L.A., back to New Orleans but hadn't really established living here. I was still touring so I didn't, you know, uh, I wasn't doing much in New Orleans even though I I had an apartment here at, at the truck farm actually. And um, Jeff Treffinger's yes, uh, Truck Farm, yes, the which, which actually, farm.
0: you know, we're, we want to get to to the geraniums, and yeah, you're yeah, starting to get into no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. We're we're starting to get there, <laughs> and I was going to say that that uh, you know uh, we just had the the third geraniums record come out. Uh, Hope is not for the Week which yes, you you yes. recorded all of that geraniums. But, but as 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 that record was coming out, I revisited the second record. Uh, this is about yes. This and was Great looking record. over the notes, and had. Forgotten that you were one of the recording yes. engineers on mm-hmm. that record because mm-hmm. that must have just been—that's, I guess, when
3: we met when I was
0: first meeting you. Truck and I, farm. I've, I've known you so long since then as the as the the engineer and and manager of studio, studio in the, the country, country. I'd right. forgotten that we had yes, first we met, met
3: at Truck Farm on
0: that record. Okay,
3: doing that stuff right because of uh, yeah. I guess I met Jeff there. Um, I guess. I'm trying to think of how I... Uh, I guess it was, again, through Chris Finney and George Orlando They had been renting the, the studio. They had been running the studio, I should say. Okay. Renting it from Jeff, running the studio. Right. And so they... Uh, let's see. They had sort of introduced me to the place, and I had started picking up engineering gigs there in between tour dates with Pixies. Also, started renting an apartment there right before Katrina. Mm-hmm. But again, I hadn't... But other than a few pickup gigs at Truck Farm, I was really still touring with Pixies and not really. I didn't really... All my stuff was still out in L.A. in storage. So I was kind of just kind of floating all over the place. And so I'm on tour. Katrina hits. I've got a couple things at this apartment in New Orleans. And I, I run into Kim Deal and her sister. You know, Kim is in... Was in the Pixies at the time. And so you know we were doing a gig that night or whatnot i run into her as i'm walking around she says, hey what's up I'm, i say you know guys i i'm just trying to figure out what to do i i'm i can't go home and i just have to pick some place to go mm-hmm. yeah. and she says oh well i have a, a a house i don't use in dayton ohio if you want to go there and there's a studio there in the basement and you can come stay there you know So I did that and so for Katrina evacuation, I ended up at Kim's place in Ohio and then started, uh, you know, basically recording Kim and now and you're married breeder stuff I'm not married oh, not oh, to okay. Kim
0: no, no. actually no. <laughs> we, 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 we have to say uh, we want to give a, a shout out to Kim Deal because uh, you've been working every night for uh, <laughs> yes, four hours yeah. a night <laughs> <laughs> uh, five days a week with Kim recording uh, uh, you were saying over Zoom or something sort of this remote recording that you're talking
3: about yeah
0: so so Kim is giving you the night oh. off here to, uh, she to come is, be yeah. on the oh, Man oh, podcast oh, awesome. so, so yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we need to take a break because I got to take a leak yeah 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 so uh, tell the nation Uh, Troubled Nation knows what to do Ben uh, uh, we're going to take a break Uh, we're going to get our libations and and, and we'll be right back
2: there will be no more sorrow God will be one of
0: Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Ben Mumphrey. Now, Man. Ben, uh, uh, I know you're a sometimes listener to the podcast. You you have a very uh, busy schedule what, with with all the the, the nighttime recording with uh, the illustrious Miss <laughs> Kim Deal and your daytime uh, uh, attorney at law practice. Uh, but uh, Manny and I, uh, we you know we we rely on uh, uh, listener sponsorship these days. You know we we, we have the we have the the support of Dave Clements, but that's mostly moral support. Right. <laughs> and uh so, you know, we do have the uh the, the PayPal link, the Venmo link now, we have a Patreon page where we have The a, missing
1: link. The missing
0: link. <laughs> we have a, a Patreon page with a handful of, of uh steady patrons, uh You know, uh, I think uh, one of the tears is I have to go over and mow somebody's lawn, (laughs) and I think I may be uh, (laughs) uh, about on the verge of paying off there. That's okay, because, you know, I'm somebody that... that, feels like an asshole in the gym like I can't ever go to a gym and like walk on the treadmill or because right. I'll always be thinking I could be fucking you know g- working on a property or mowing a lawn and actually doing something productive so anyway I may have to be doing that but we also have a, a, a link for a, a t-shirts a trouble men podcast oh. t-shirts oh, and we okay. recently sold a t-shirt Manny it's a, oh, wow. a 4x size oh. so, <laughs> so what is, I have no idea what so so. it's a a, 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 a quadruple x Extra large, so it's a uh, it's, it's perhaps so it's some uh, fat fuck trouble. Right, sure. might, it might be like a, a Wayne the Rock Johnson yeah. or uh, someone like that, or you know perhaps uh, one of the Klitschko brothers or, uh, or Tyson Fury, the, the heavyweight champion of the world, someone of a, a large stature. Anyway, all that's available, as well as uh, you know we're we're on uh, Facebook. Twitter, uh, uh, what's the other one? Instagram. Follow us there. And uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. What and, is, uh, are
1: we on TikTok? No, we're not on TikTok <laughs> I have no idea what I heard about TikTok <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah Stay away from it It's, it's uh, like I it's like visual crack From what I understand oh, Okay a, Yeah, yeah No, I mean Because I hear it's very popular too, It is So was crack at one time And yeah. you and I are too susceptible To uh, that kind of uh, shit So I, I don't know Well I'm steering clear Yeah, i steering, I clear. Yeah, but, I'm steering uh,
1: clear from TikTok Right,
0: right, right <laughs> And crack for, for the moment um, but uh, Yes uh, Rate us Give us uh, five stars Again you can say uh, Fuck Manny and Renee Five stars We like that <laughs> um, uh, What else Manny uh, uh, and, and here tonight We're actually out In public again So, yeah. so we're We're buying drinks So the cocktail fund Is uh, you know it's, it's, it's in effect It's being used so, Oh you know, Okay you're, Well there we go yeah. yeah
1: we're at a place Where I've never seen So many losers Since my last fight <laughs> Yeah. <you know? laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. there are people. There yeah. are there are people. Yeah, well, so, there's some kind of people. I yeah, don't know, yeah, what yeah, the hell, yeah, 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 yeah. People know. who are people. people who need people. <laughs> people are,
0: yeah. are, are are the the luckiest people. At one yeah. time, you said the loneliest people. Yeah, <laughs> I said well, no, it's the luckiest people in really the world. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. still
1: sticking to my guns. Okay, All right. you're,
0: you're holding uh, with your original opinion.
1: Here's a okay. So we're going back to our guest. Back to
0: our guest, Mr. Ben Mumphrey. So Ben, you were talking about you're you're in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> there, the Ohio Valley. Where nobody with, likes you, with, <laughs> no. with, except for Kim Deal. Except uh, for Kim. Kim, Kim likes you. And 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 this this gets you into working with the breeders because I want to say I'm a huge breed I, I I love the Pixies. I really love the breeders. Right. Was, right I, I, I wore man. those fucking breeders records out, <laughs> yeah. man and and so so yes tell us you're working with
3: uh, yeah so Katrina hits Kim offers her house for refuge and um, i think she might have even uh, qualified for the 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 house of refuge uh, uh just reward. getting some
0: support from, from the government or something? Okay. So. All
3: right. so. anyway, I get to know Kim, uh, and and we uh, start doing breeder stuff, uh, work on a, the next, I don't know, the next several years, I would come back and forth from New Orleans. I stopped touring with Pixies then, and, and began kind of setting up shop in New Orleans, and was doing truck farm work. That's when I met you. I was kind of flying to Dayton every uh, couple months, and... Doing work, staying at that the same house that had the studio in uh-huh. it. Uh, that went on until I started working at Studio in the Country. And so over the years, I had met Debbie Farmer. Just out of curiosity, I called because I had always heard of this place. Yes, tell tell the Troubled Nation a little bit
0: about uh, Studio in the Country. It's
3: you know, as a child. I had, you know Had Kansas's Left Overture record I always noticed that Carry On Wayward Son And that whole record Was recorded and mixed In Louisiana At this place called Studio in the Country In a town called Bogalusa Where I had never been Ever growing up Didn't even know where I was Really Right So after I became uh, Sort of acclimated To this sort of Los Angeles recording studio I on a whim Called Studio in the Country This is about 2003 Just to see what it was. Uh And I was shocked when I went out there. You were shocked that it
1: didn't even have a phone. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) No.
3: (laughs) This very gracious woman named Debbie Farmer was the owner and still is. And uh, she says, yeah, we're out here. You know, you can come by and
0: come see the place. Some background. It was very famed. They had all kind of Stevie Wonder recorded there. Uh, You know, even, even, uh, you know. Uh, yeah even up until Marilyn Manson did did recordings classic
3: there classic recording studio uh from 1973 uh You know Big room Neve board uh, Fully loaded uh, State of the art At the time Probably the most State of the art Studio in the country In the US At the time When it was built And it was a place That people would One of those Kind of
0: destination studios Where it's way out In the country And And and, and, you know Particularly when bands You know They didn't want them out uh, uh, You know Getting lost in a city Right If you bring you to Bogalusa There's nowhere I mean you could get Lost in the woods But there's nowhere To to escape to Right So they figured Well we'll go there and, and we'll have a lockout And we'll just stay And we'll work on the record Forever Absolutely
3: A destination Of
0: course some bands Were sending uh, uh, Runners to New Orleans For cocaine On a daily basis that <laughs> sure, making yeah. records there But by the time You get there It had kind of Fallen into yes. to, to uh, it, it, was, it was fallow it was, uh, yeah, yeah Some fallow years there So you You stumble into
3: this room And And so I'm sort of shocked And, and they were so, uh, They were still working But it was kind of you know like like how you describe and then katrina hit again i i'd met them right before katrina then katrina hits and then they're closed for a couple of years and uh you know yeah the 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 list of artists again it was it was incredible the stuff that had been going on there in the 70s and my favorite thing had been the the wild magnolia stuff you know the the mardi gras indian stuff done there i had always noticed as a real little kid on that Mardi Gras in New Orleans record, the famous record that's got sort of a, a uh, I don't know how to describe it, the, the, it's called Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Right, no, I know the record, yeah, That's kind of classic. a tableau
0: of a uh, Mardi Gras Indian figure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah on right. the
3: front. And and I, as a child, I always noticed when the two Wild Magnolias songs that were done at this place, studio in the country listed on the credits on that record, mm-hmm. The sound was just incredible on these two tracks. It was like this strangely high, you know, really high-fi. So, I, as a little kid, I had actually always noticed this place. But anyway, I meet Debbie Farmer years later. You know, they're kind of they're still open, but they're they're you know there had been trouble in Bogalusa because of a chemical spill and and. Gene Foster, the guy who was uh, who had owned it for many years after the original owner, he had gotten sick with cancer, and so he was having trouble health-wise. And Katrina hits, and it's closed. And so I become friendly with Debbie, and it just kind of becomes natural that I'll go and help them, sort of, kind of just manage the place, sort of informally, and try and get some business in there. And it's a great opportunity for me to have a great place to be able to engineer. And so. Um, Really, for the next 13 years, I managed it, and we slowly made fairly significant upgrades. Had a house renovated and put on the site for the first time so people could stay there. Had a Neve 8068 console put in, you know, a vintage Neve, and just sort of, you know, P- tried to bring the put the room back to its original um, design. The, the, there had been changes made throughout the the years, and sort of put the surfaces back to what they had been. The curtains and take take away uh, sort of um, embellishments that affected the sound in a in a way that wasn't desirable. Sort of put put it back to how it was designed by the guys. Right. But you still had the the beautiful echo chambers that were there. The- Actually, that was another thing that Debbie had refurbished after Katrina, that had not been in use for many years. Okay,
0: physical. Now, if if someone's never seen an actual echo chamber, it's kind of like a, a small tunnel or something. That uh, you know acoustically designed. They have a right. speaker at one end and a microphone at the other end, and you pump sound through the speaker. And well, and
3: in the case of studio in the country, you know, a, a separate building simply for that. <laughs> you know, so now, where
1: is Bogalusa?
3: It's uh, it's about 30 miles north of Covington. So, if on
0: the north shore of Lake uh, Pontchartrain, okay. it's uh, they have a, a paper plant there, famously. It yes, smells yes, like it a smells paper, paper wonderful. plant. Right, right, right. <laughs> but so, so that's so. So so you uh, revitalize studio in the country And you start bringing bands up there And you're trying to get people interested in The the iguanas go up And we do a a track for a a Chris Gaffney tribute record That Dave Alvin uh, was the executive producer of I I produced this track uh, there And and you recorded Geraniums, lots of geraniums Jeff Treffinger is 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 talking to you, and you start bring the geraniums up. Mm-hmm. We start going up every few months. We get like three songs, and and Jeff uh, explains. Look, we have Brendan. He's
3: not a schooled singer. Damon, who you had to basically get the mic up and hit record before he you know, loses patience. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, well, here's the thing.
0: Like a lot of people can play. And, uh, but then being in the studio is a different thing, you know, like people sing in the shower, they can hear themselves, everything sounds sure. good. You put headphones on them and a microphone where their voice is real loud, it's right in their ear, it freaks them out, right? It's it's sure. a whole different animal. Yeah. So, so you've said yes we can record the geraniums as a band we would we would never use headphones we set up as a band you isolated put some baffles around Brendan had monitors for him we recorded just and
3: we would Go and record two or three things each time Pretty much live, too And that harkened back to my experience with Frank Black Which I didn't say He had sort of insisted that we do all of his records live to two-track Okay, really? So, yeah, so I had sort of sharpened my sort of... Um, well, I, I should just say I, I had to have a lot of experience uh, because of those records. Recording a band live and doing the final mix as you're recording, <laughs>
0: right, 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 because it's all bleeding now. And I, I, I always loved your your attitude. And a lot of being in the studio is attitude, you know, because
3: yeah, it's really everything.
0: It, yeah. It's kind of it, it, it's it's. An actual high-pressure situation, but you want you don't want to ever make it seem like it's high pressure. And if something starts going wrong, it can the the pressure can become apparent <laughs> so quickly. And a lot of that is not vibing somebody out, seeming relaxed. Right. And you are always a guy who just seemed like it's going to be fine.
3: <laughs> It'll all be great, you know. It's-, it's really everything, and that's what goes back to the Rick Will, you know, uh, days he didn't care that I, I kept saying Rick and you know, I can't assist you you know I don't know how to do this stuff you know that's why I came out here to learn you know don't you don't want me he says no man you know it's 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 if you are, have the right vibe and you and I can trust you it's really everything and I saw out in LA a lot people who were excellent at the skill get fired off gigs because their vibe was shitty right uh there was a guy who came he was on the pixies tour killer sound guy that came with the sound company was way better at monitors than i was you know and he was sort of my assistant Uh he was 40 years experienced but kind of was sort of always touting his experience and How much more he knew than everybody else on the. And people love that, yeah. Started rubbing the manager the wrong way, (laughs) and after just one. One too many bouts of like chuckling about how shitty everyone else is and how great he is. They just can't. They said, you know, you're you're out. You know,
0: (laughs) chicken or beef, and they're like, excuse me, chicken or beef? Yeah, what do you what what do you want to eat on your
3: on your plane (laughs) ride back to wherever you came from? Well, I, I was even sort of taken aback, but it made me realize, you know, when you're on the real high level. Your vibe is everything, you know? It doesn't matter how how good you are at your gig. Someone else can do it. Sure. Yeah, we like, can get anybody
1: in uh, here. So, but how many people, like, how many artists fired people over drugs? Though? Because I'm sure there was, like, a, a lot of artists, especially back then, who were doing lots of coke. And they said, hey, you know, I, I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't like this guy, Ben. You know, he... That could happen, for yeah. sure.
3: I mean, uh, it can... You can certainly lose a gig if you're not, you know, doing the Coke and it's a coke gig. Yeah, know? but I
1: mean, if you're just trying to do your gig. Sure. But no, but if you're trying to do your gig and let's say Stevie Nicks says, this guy is freaking me out over here, you, oh. know, you know, fire him. <laughs>
3: I mean, I, I suppose that can happen. It has. I haven't witnessed that. I, I suppose myself. You yeah, know, the, those those years are maybe more in the past. <laughs> uh,
0: kind of before <laughs> your your time, exactly. Right. Well. Well, so so you're there in in uh, in Bogalusa, and you're doing a lot of great sessions on, you know, Andrews Osborne and and Stanton Moore, and yeah, you know, people like the Geraniums and,
3: and Dash Rip Rock, Dash Rip Rock, yeah, yeah, and,
0: and and you actually I saw one record, uh, the the Jello Biafra, uh, right. New, New Orleans <laughs> Raunch and Soul All Stars, which yeah. which had a lot of uh, of future Troublemen podcast guests on it, uh, Pete Gordon, the great Pete Gordon, right, right, yes, of course, Bill Davis from Wet Dog. From Great and guitarist. Bill Davis
3: From Dash Rip Rock Were on that record Right Well that record Yeah uh, So that's Jello comes to town Does a gig With all those guys You mentioned And um Basically It says You know We actually got a recording of that You know Do you think you could do something with this? And it was literally like One mic on the drums (laughs) Like one one mic Yeah, yeah, yeah And uh, you know uh, Probably four or five mics On the stage Period I think it was done At the 12 Bar Do you remember that place? Yeah, yeah Wow Uh, It was only around For a couple years On Fulton Street And I can't remember How and why It was there But and I can't even remember how I guess I, I got a, I got involved through Bill and Dash because I had produced their Black Liquor record that a year before or so, and um, and that is on Alternative Tentacles, which is Jello's uh, label. So I guess he knew them. Yeah. I, so I ended up mixing that. Uh, if you can call it that, it was really editing and mixing and just trying to do the best I could with a, you know, a, a very wild <laughs> uh, recording. But but you had the the disposition to deal
0: with that because you weren't thinking, well, these aren't pristine tracks. Right, You're right, thinking, right, well, right. We're, we're just this is art. We're, yeah, you know, yeah, We're yeah. dealing
3: with what we have. And really knowing kind of what Jello's. What what he's gonna think is cool, you know, right. is what it is. Right. You know, now so. I gotta
0: say, with you, you were maybe the first engineer that I started employing this technique. Uh, before I would I would uh, you know get my bass sound, stand in front of the amp, and get like my live sound, and and say, okay, record that, and then at some point. I started, I, I started thinking, well, let me just let the engineer... I'll, let me, if he gives me a, a, a chord, I'll just plug it into the bass, and I'll do a take, and I'll go listen in the control room. Right, right, right. And if I don't like it, then we can deal with that. And it was a fucking revelation to me, because the sound that I need to get on stage is not necessarily the sound that an engineer needs... To, to to be putting to tape, and so you can run everything through all the beautiful outboard gear you have. <laughs> so so then you know I I just I just you know fly blind and plug it in, walk into the the control room, listen to a take, and I go, fucking sounds fantastic,
3: man. I got nothing to say. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, but you know it's really just, uh, you know, try and make everything as painless as possible. And yes. it, it just you know, put, make it sound like uh, the records that you listen to, and don't over process. You know, don't heavy hand things, and uh, don't be heavy handed on the on the effects and whatnot, and the and the and the processing in the signal chain. Don't water it down and whatever. But at, a, at you know, great studios, it's it's hard to uh, screw up if you. Well, you'd any- be
0: surprised, um, but and, and, and some, something I noticed about you as well is is like you, you don 't want to work anything to death you know you don 't want to see anybody do a million takes or something if they don 't need to you 're like like
3: the second one was like that one was really good you know <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I am kind of sort of a purist type who would prefer sort of the soul of whatever sort of errant recording, you know, has captured the energy, the essence
0: of everything, Rather
3: right? than trying to manufacture something like, a, like you might do a movie, you know, where you're really uh, taking it apart and analyzing every bit. I mean, I have to work that way sometimes, you know, that's kind of how Kim works. It's very you know analyze everything over and over again and try things all kinds of different ways um so you know, sometimes that's what's called for, but uh, generally speaking, yeah, I'd right, say right, like, yeah, like, I like, love that. Let's just like, keep, keep moving. Let's just keep yeah. the momentum the, going. Yeah, try the the, 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 the the most painless things first, because well, really, so much of it is about energy and conserving energy in the studio and not sort of uh, messing around when when you don't need to be. You know? Right, you don't want to paint yourself in a corner. You don't want to
0: bump people out because the, the 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 it can it can turn on a dime. It can be from a you know go from a productive environment to an environment where people are stuck you know it's it's a delicate this this thing art you know and and, involving
3: you know several humans absolutely and you and you know again yeah you don't want to ever bum people out and so you have to sort of go along with people's preconceived notions sometimes so
1: honestly who who have you hated to work with (laughs) Um, You just give initials if you want Initials (laughs) You just give initials I'm
3: trying to think You know Other than people who are really (laughs) (laughs) Professional people I I can't think of many who I've really had You know Unpleasant uh, Sessions with It's it's only Serious amateurs Or You know uh, The only times I've ever had trouble was with Was Total amateur Okay, I'm glad you brought that up Because I want to Because
0: I know being in Bogalusa You're there on the North Shore It's it's a, f- a, a fabled studio there And so so sometimes people who You know, have written a song Their friends tell them that they sing well uh, You know, you should make a record So you would get these cold calls from people Oh yes
3: and from country people uh (laughs) they'd say i want to make a record and (laughs) i i know of this because (laughs) because who do i call often uh, yes number one (laughs) (laughs) my first call bassist. god bless you so so
0: one time we had a a kind of a a a a studio band of of like me doug garrison from the iguanas alex mcmurray um, Brian uh, brian coogan on piano and and uh you know, people would come in with their bands, and they, yes. would, they would do like half a session, and you'd go, hey, look, man, you know, the guy can't play to the click, he's freaked out by the he- having headphones on, you know, yeah. you could spend a lot of money doing this, or we could just stop now, tell these guys they did a great job, we're done already, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of like an audition, you know, like where they go, great, thank you. You know, where like you've been on sessions like that, we are like, "That's great, we got it." Like, I don't think we got it. It's like, no, I think you are fired. I know we didn't get this, but just <laughs> just
1: trust me, yeah. Trust, trust me. me. All right.
0: So, so, but you had the, the uh, like a, a whole string of real characters
3: come in there, man. Yes, who needed uh, bands essentially, and you guys got to uh, you got to experience it firsthand with me.
0: And I like that because it's it's an interesting aspect, you know, and, yeah. and to some degree, it's a little bit like uh, like fantasy baseball camp or something, you know, <laughs> like a, somebody who's not a professional musician gets yeah. to, like, finance a session.
3: Well, you know, that isn't something that you see a lot these days, so, you know, the, pe- there are people who think that it's done like it was done in the 60s, you know, can I come in there, and you got a band that'll back me up, and it's like, you know, that doesn't happen very often, because... Bands cost money, and most people who want, who are asking that don't have, you know, three to five hundred bucks per player, so it's not all that common. Occasionally, you get these lawyers and financial advisors who just want to record something, you know? Right. And so that's when... And some you know, are you actually guys good, <laughs> some actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. are,
1: are, are talented, you sure, know, good sure. singers, Thing, but, but now writers. can't people just record like this while well, we're recording this people can do that now you can get a lot done yeah, like that yeah, but you're yeah, not yeah.
3: going to get a, a sort of Fleetwood Mac sound in four hours well, I know, don't want a, Fle- who wants it, a Fleetwood Ma- Mac or or sound or just, uh, oh, all I like mean it. is a, 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 a pristine <laughs> if someone wants some sort of uh, Zeppelin sound or, or whatever that rivals a, a, a you know the classic rock they hear in their head you might need a good room to get it done quickly but you're right. It, uh, you can get a lot done. If you're resourceful, you shouldn't be spending too much excess time. Well, Stan
1: Ridgway, I remember he had two cassette players, and he'd record one track. <laughs> <and he'd> record <laughs> one Stan <other> Ridgway. Track. <laughs> Wall v- Stan, brilliant producer. He he would just record on these tr- a tr- uh, these tape recorders. And then you do this, this on this one, and this on this one. And you get a song. And then, you know, that's how we do it. A a crazy
0: lo-fi, you know, appeal. Stan,
3: he actually produced Show Me Your Tears, which was one of the Frank Black records that I engineered. Oh, no kidding. So you worked with Stan. I worked with Stan. And that guy was so incredibly talented. I mean, he really took, he took this band and, uh, you know, who had been sort of, you know, they needed inspiration. And he really turned him into something great nice this this show me your tears record was the third record i did with frank black and it was noticeably better production than the two previously you know know, i did a tour in in
0: europe with alex chilton and uh we were some some of the dates we were opening for wall of voodoo but it was after stan was off in the band (laughs) and they had another singer and (laughs) and two drummers and one of the guys (laughs) was dancing around a lot i was like yeah, that I don't know. Man. Horrible. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, it was. It was horrible. It's like yeah. <laughs> so, You know,
3: Stan.
1: Do you no, know? No, I, I never met Stan, but I know. I, I know. Cassette. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> growing up in LA, and, uh, you know, growing up in LA, I, I, I heard about, Wall of because while Voodoo was huge, I saw them many times, and I think I saw him. Intervie- LA Weekly came out with an interview with him, and he told told them about his recording method. It was just like, well, you know. I get these two cassette recorders, you know, cassette recorders. <laughs> he says, okay, I'm gonna do this on my Casio, record it on this cassette Just recorder. Do
3: live
0: in yeah. the air bouncing. Yeah. And then between cassette
1: <laughs> recorders. He plays it back. He plays it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he plays it back and starts recording a drum beat yeah. on the Casio. All right. And then he records that and he plays it so he's he's doing his own like <laughs> 16 track whatever with, you know which is very cheap you know he could have uh, well, yeah, it well yeah yeah it's free he,
0: Talk about sounding like the bottom of a well, Jesus Christ!
1: exactly.
0: Imagine yeah. how thin that bass part sounds, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. on, on the eighth generation. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, no, but but, but it's, guy, it yeah.
0: has a uh, has a certain flavor to it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: we're so I, I want to briefly again touch on the the geraniums uh, sure, record, yeah. which just came out. You know, we, we lost uh, Damon Shea passed away uh, right before it's such uh, a shock, COVID. Uh, Yeah. Then uh, and we played the very last gig at the Circle Bar. Uh, I, and you
3: know, I saw Damon that day, the day of that gig. I I was taking a walk in the French Quarter. He was taking a bike ride. Just both of he us. He loved just,
1: bicycles. Yeah.
3: And I'm so glad we stopped. And we actually talked for about 40 minutes just in the French Quarter. And he was telling. He seemed real upbeat. He had been living in where was it? Colorado or someplace? Little,
1: Little
0: Rock, Rock,
3: Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah and uh and then it was not what two months later or or not even six
0: days after the last gig we played between uh christmas and new year's of 2019
3: it was just i don't know and then
0: three months later we had like the the memorial gig for him which wound up being the very last gig ever played at the circle bar before it closed down that was march 14th of 2020 and uh, that was the last time I played with Brendan wow. and, and then everything got shut down and and you know Jeff and I are realize well we're, we're not going to record anymore but we have all these 10 years of right, recordings right, we've been right, doing right. And, and I said well you know because we would we would we would do recordings. We would go back up and do uh, uh, overdub sometimes, mm-hmm. and do another mix. But we never got to like a final mix. We never went back into that stage. Right, yeah. We just had your rough mix. It seemed
3: like yeah, it was mostly just live tracking, and then and you a know, rough mix that yeah, you would exactly. you would spin off for us mm-hmm. to listen to.
0: And we went back through, and I said, let's just listen to uh, you know the and find our favorite mixes that we have in existence right. now and pick those. We came up with 20 unreleased Ugh. pieces of music and they were all, like I said, we talked about this on the podcast with Jeff that these were all uh, your, you know, fly by the seat of the pants mixes. <laughs> right, right. We didn't go back and remix <laughs> right, anything. Right, right, right. We just so we have this this great document of of that band you know the the 20 songs we just released on on, uh, Hope Is Not For The Week
3: right right right. and man your your hands are all
0: over the place on that I I listen to
3: it and it's it's so much Brendan it's so much the band great band though I mean really I mean Again, it was just live recorded without tricks. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like just don't do anything and let this band, you know, as as Jimmy Iovine says, stand out of the, you know, get out of their way and just let them do their thing and don't be heavy-handed, you know. Right. So that's all that is. In a great room like Studio in the Country, it's just you know, it's nothing to engineer something like you know, out there with you guys. Well, yeah, it. when everyone is doing their job it
0: seems easy it seems effortless you know that's uh it's 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 Uh, only when uh when it's not happening that it becomes a struggle you know so you can operate at a high level and and it seems effortless so So that's a a fantastic testament to uh to the band and
3: uh, thank you for being such a huge part of that i'm so glad that i uh, because that
0: stuff before we
1: sign off what's next for you
3: well, right now I'm just working with Kim pretty regularly on her first solo record. So, Kim uh, Okay, deals for a here solo in Ohio? Uh, it's remote work, so it actually started... Renee, I recorded you the day it all started. We were doing, I think, an, an Alan Spain session or okay. slow motion riders. And remember, I was going to fly out to go to Key West. I, I have been doing some session with you, and I remember I had to go to the airport after the session... And this was right before COVID. I started working with her again. And then when COVID hit, she called and said, isn't there something we can do that's remote? You know. So Pro Tools has a, an avid cloud it's called, where you can actually see the same session at the same time, huh. yeah. but be in different locations. So we use FaceTime. And uh, so we're on FaceTime the whole time. And so I'll watch her track things and then she'll hit a button and it uploads. I download it and you know mix it And edit Help her In whatever way she needs So Wow it's so cool man. Yeah it's just sort of Hanging out with her On FaceTime For a couple hours While I watch her Look for cables Yeah <laughs> <laughs> figure out what she's got plugged in wrong and, right. <laughs> walk right, right. her through it you know walk her through the signal uh well she Beth. seems like a fun
0: person right? she is
3: great yeah. i mean we we <laughs> half the time we're just talking about stuff so it's 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 wonderful you know it's a great gig to, God. i love her so yeah, much man yeah. you know
0: manny and i went to see uh, uh uh public image limited at at the uh the civic and uh yeah, you know, I think you hated it, Manny. Um it's it was super loud, that's what I remember. <laughs> and I was thinking, this oh, room yeah. is just a dog shit room. <laughs> and then and then about a month later I went to see the breeders play there. And they was it was still plenty full. But it wasn't blowing the room out, and it sounded so great, man! It was so rocking. <laughs>
3: yeah, they're a great band. I mean, they really are. I was at that show, and I remember thinking the same thing. It was great. They're
0: Fucking fantastic. One Eye Jacks
3: too. I mean, Kim really cares about you know trying to get it right. She's you know. just so rocking, man. Yeah. She can't <laughs> she help is. it. She's super cool, <laughs> you know. But I should say, you know, um, you're saying what am I doing? The next session I'm doing is this band of young kids from here called One South Lark, and they were Newman kids. And it's actually, they're, they're related in lots of ways to people we know It's it's the kids of Ziamara, Del Carmen and Brad Brewster, do you know those guys? Oh, I love Xiomara, yeah, from yes. uh,
0: AGB, all-girl yes, band Yes,
3: I recorded all-girl band and the Rubbermaids, which she was in back right? in the 90s So her son plays drums in this band One South Lark Cool I started recording them when they were still in high school at Newman Now they're, you know, freshmen or sophomores in college but we record their first song, they put it on Spotify, and the, some algorithm somehow picks it up, and they make $400, and it's got like, a, you know, 600,000 listens in the first couple months. Right, that $400 off of Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. A, yeah, yeah. And so, they come in, you know, so they think, oh, this is easy, you know, like, hey, sure. <laughs> So they've been coming in now for four years, and they've got. Oh yeah, I saw they po- they posted something. Spotify, you've had over a million listens this year, <laughs> and so right they have a lot of traction. I think they're the right age, and they're young, and they and they really do write good songs. And they're these you know young kids. They come in and they do. So they basically made four
1: hundred <laughs> bucks out of a million
0: listens. <laughs> well, that's Spotify. Yeah, you make like point zero 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 three yeah, cents
3: per uh, per. Uh, well, it was just funny. It was like selling drugs man uh, yeah, right right uh, so anyway i'm just saying they they Seem to they, they come in.
0: Well, and they're
1: Newman people, so I don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> well, you
0: know, they, they, they probably got some family money. Yeah, in they have money anyway. But but, uh, him, but yeah. talented young young. Well, this is
3: funny. The- I find it funny. They come in and they will do maybe one, maybe two takes, and they'll do every part just one time, as if they don't know that there's another way that you're supposed to do it. You know, they just okay. lay it all down, and and so it's just kind of fun that and funny that uh, you know the one of the the bands with the most traction that. I've I record out there is these kids that they aren't really trying that you know don't really know that, that right. it's tough you know? yeah, well.
4: it's
0: like,
3: to have traction <laughs>
0: Magic is easy once you know the secret, as I used to say on on uh, TV magic. Cards. So
3: anyway, on the local level, that's what's going on. But, nice, uh, yeah. nice.
0: Well, you see, you made the right decision to to not con- to to get out of the uh, the the playing part and concentrate on the recording part because you can do that until you're 80.
1: Exactly. And you yes. You don't have to don't look
0: cute on, a, on a, in a photo. Yes. You know? There's always there's always a new crop of uh, cute kids. Uh, that, uh, hey, cheer up, man You're all right
1: Okay
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, man, it's really picked up here uh, in, the, yeah, in, in I gotta Snake go, Jake's man Club to go. Lounge. Yeah. Well, Ben, thank you so much for yeah, yeah, doing this oh, is. Oh, This is yeah. uh, a fucking blast, man I've been wanting to do it for a long, you, long time Thank you,
3: Ben I, I, Manny, great to
1: meet yeah, you, fine yeah, yeah, me. Pleasure and, uh, to meet you I
0: can't wait to vote for you again And uh, as always on the Trouble Men podcast We like to say, trouble never ends But
1: the struggle continues So good
0: night, folks Good night
2: Oh my friend.